All right, everyone. Welcome to the Forgettables podcast. This is your host, Ahmed Chima, coming to you live with Asad Patel. Uh, today, we are talking about the Toyota Way. For the audience that's not familiar with the Toyota Way, actually, before we get into that, I want to give a little bit of context for the people that are new here. If this is your first time listening, this is a podcast where we talk about our podcasting journey. So both me and Asad are hosts of our own podcast outside of this, and we come together uh, we also have a third co-host who joins us sometimes, and we talk about how we can make our podcast better. Uh, and so today we're talking about the Toyota Way. Asabai, have you heard of this concept before? The Toyota Way, I have, but it's been a while. I, the last time I discussed this was uh, probably March of 2015, so it's been a minute. What are your? So I'm going to put you on the spot here. What are your thoughts? Like, wh- what what comes to mind when you hear Toyota Way? Are, are we talking about the corporate mentality? Just what comes to your mind? Reliability and long longevity. And longevity doesn't mean talking about the cars. Longevity means the way that they've built the corporate structure and their structure down to their employees. It's to ensure long-term success. Not mm. that their employees will be happy today, but they won't have a place to work 10 years from now. Mm. Right. I think that is kind of what I wanted to get at. To give the audience a little bit more context on what we're talking about today is there's a book called The Toyota Way, where it really highlights the philosophy that drives Toyota. Uh, And for the audience that may not be familiar with the brand reputation that Toyota has, Toyota is known as like the most reliable car ever, right? When you think of quality, what's the first car you think of? That's the bike. Um, a Volkswagen Beetle. No, no, <laughs> a, a Toyota Camry. Yeah, Toyota Camry. I, I knew you were going to say that, right? Like, that's the most, like, especially the Ferdasis, that's like the car. You know no, I've mean? never the, owned one. I, I had, we had a Corolla. I see. I think Ruffy has a Camry. I, 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 he's like a super desi, so he probably has <laughs> a Camry and a half. No, my my favorite car has always been a Honda Civic. Yeah, I mean, Hondas, Hondas are nice as well. Um, so what he talks about in the book is, is the whole philosophy that governs the company and the way it's run and the way it's actually the leadership is actually the, the principles of leadership there. Now, what I want to highlight here is one of the main principles in the book is the concept of when a defect comes, you stop the entire production line and you fix it and then you continue, right? So if you look at the big manufacturers in America, Ford, GM, Chrysler, we have giant factories and they're produced in bulk. And oftentimes what'll happen is, do you remember the launch of the Explorer in 2020? 2020 yeah was it 2020 or was it 2019 the new explorer that happened. new explorer okay do you remember any stories about what happened with that were they having braking system issues i don't remember what the exact issue was but there was something where they were manufacturing it in chicago okay and there was a big quality defect in thousands and thousands of cars and they had to rework literally every single one of those cars before they can sell any of them. And so imagine that that cost the company billions and billions of dollars. Whereas if that happened in a Toyota factory, they would have just fixed it and then fixed it for the rest of the production line. 
and you would have saved all those billions of dollars, right? Now, the, the reason why this actually came about is because American manufacturers, they had big money, big space, and, and a lot of, they, they had the flexibility to make errors like that. It wasn't a big deal. In Japan, you know, Toyota didn't really have the budget that these American companies had. Uh, they were making cars as demand for the car was happening. So if someone wanted to buy a Toyota, then they would make it, right? And so really they had to get real lean and figure out how can we make this process as quick and smooth as possible and, and quality uh, defect-free as possible. Do, and so, do, you, do you know the Toyota's, uh, the processing system they use uh, for, for their internal builds? Have you I ever heard not. of the Kanban system? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So the Kanban system is, uh, I took uh, uh, operations and supply chain management class, and that was a big element of that class. We had an older Caucasian professor, and he really loved the Kanban system. Um, and, and you can see the reason why they still use elements of it. It's because it's so efficient in things like this to avoid mistakes like this. Right. Um, so there's, there's different concepts we, we, and like, I, I'm an operations guy, right? Yeah. Like for, for two years now I was working in operations. Yeah. Uh, now I'm not in operations anymore, but, uh, I can definitely talk about operations all day. Yeah. I love it. I love it. And so well, a lot of Amazon's, uh, factory warehouses use a lot of Toyota's principles. So we have andons, right? Like an andon is essentially like, if there's, if you have a problem at any stage in the process, you click a button. And it kind of creates like an alert and then someone will come and help you. Same concept that we just stole that right from Toyota, right? <laughs> um, another concept is Kaizen's, right? Where Kaizen is yeah. where you get people from various different perspectives. So for example, you would get someone that's on the safety team. You get someone on the mechanical team. You get someone yeah. on the operations team, IT team. And you all kind of sit together and work through a problem. Now you get all these various perspectives and they kind of all share their thoughts and you come up in like a week or whatever, you have to figure out how to fix this problem. And so that's something that's, that's very cool as well. And I don't think we have time to kind of dive into all the, I think we can do a whole series on <laughs> the operations principles of running your podcast. Japanese operations principles. Podcast operations. We yeah. can do a, we can do a separate podcast. Man. <laughs> but anyway, the reason why I bring this up is, is the point I wanted to make today is the quality piece. Yeah. right? Like overreacting to every defect is, is what really drives this culture of quality. And I wanted to get your thoughts as a on how we as podcasters can bring this into our uh, culture. And, and the other thing, sorry, so that's the first thing, the, the zero defect mentality. And number two, the other thing I wanted to really, really touch on in this episode is that Toyota will never do giant changes yeah like what what sparked this episode idea is one of the episodes you mentioned that hey i don't want to just try to do all these changes at the same time and really not do anything uh, but i want to just pick one thing and do that and toyota does a really good job of that they'll make their products slowly better 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 and then you know in like 10 years you have a really nice car because they've perfected slowly every single piece of it whereas if you look at ford <laughs> And I, I hate to kind of bash on Ford because I'm a, I'm a Ford guy, right? Like I drive well, he Ford. He drives a Ford Fiesta. <laughs> right. Uh, 
I, I don't think I'd fit in a Ford Fiesta, but <laughs> he has a he has a yellow and pink color Ford Fiesta. <laughs> but Ford is is a company like if you look at, uh, I, I, we'll go back to the Explorer again. Like they changed the body design, they changed the interior, they changed the actual. Uh, <laughs> what's that called the screen they changed how the actual dash looks like they changed everything in one model whereas toyota you wouldn't see stuff like that you would see like okay we changed this little piece over here in this model the next year we changed this little piece over here you know what i mean and so i wanted to touch on incremental changes as well in in the podcast so uh, i wanted to get let's start with zero defect mentality how do we establish that I mean, I hold on. I feel Sorry, like podcasting is go ahead. I was gonna say, and and like before we even get to that, what would you say a defect is in podcasting? A defect in podcasting, a general like a quality one, or one you notice yourself. Maybe you maybe, tell me. Maybe quality of your equipment. Okay, that's you could have a bad microphone, mm-hmm. and uh, or or maybe the microphone might be good. Your settings are off, so. Instead of throwing the whole microphone out and buying a new one, you want to try to fix the one you have and see, you know, if mm. you fix that first. And then your camera quality is bad. You raise a little bit of money, you buy a new camera. You know, slowly, slowly you make the improvements. Where, or you just got a software where it doesn't zoom in and out and you just play yeah. with what you got. Well, well, you figure out what's wrong with it. Yeah. I mean, the camera might just be bad. Like if you have a MacBook, even I had a guest on who had a 2020 or yeah, 2020 MacBook pro or something this camera was horrible and hey, hey by the way we talked about this in uh, the branding deep dive episode of intel yeah i just wanted to plug that real quick yeah it, we past few episodes we've been doing a branding deep dive light so you know <laughs> if you if you you know if you're interested in listening to that episode that podcast you know you just go on to the spotify or whatever app you're on and you type in Ahmachima branding deep dive and you'll find it um but uh it, by the way branding deep dive has a very nice flow, you know. There's some very, very nice music that plays, and Emma talks, and he he does like this trance thing where he gets you to listen to the whole episode. You know, it's it's a it's a whole process, but <laughs> but um, but no, yeah. So you learn what is wrong and you fix it instead of throwing everything out and being like, I need to buy everything new, and and you end up spending like fifteen hundred dollars and you're still your quality's still the same. Because you haven't tried to improve anything. Can I touch on something real quick? Yeah, go ahead. So I was a quality manager. And what you just said is is really powerful. So finding out what's going wrong is the biggest battle, right? In, in warehouse operations, a lot of times what you'll see is that people that are in management positions, they just want to see the numbers. So what will happen is they'll just say, hey, go faster, go faster. That's the easy thing to do. Buy new equipment. You know what I mean? Like record more content, right? But is that fixing the problem? It could just be that, you know, you buy new equipment, you record double the amount of episodes, but now you're just doubling the defects, right? You're, you're just right. doubling the problem. If the problem was in the content or if the problem was in like a mic setting, like you need to fix that. And so the, the, I think the number one point that I want to highlight here is that in order to figure out and fix quality defects in the first place, you have to understand what the root cause of the defects is. You have to figure out, okay, what's actually the problem? What's causing this quality issue? If it's a webcam issue, what's the reason why it's messing up? If it's a sound issue, what's the reason I paid 200 bucks for this? Why is it not working the way I expected it to? 
All right. Sorry to cut you off. Please continue. And that, my friends, was your Mitch Masala segment for the night. So, <laughs> um, so no, I mean, that's what it is. You need to um, analyze and figure out. I'm not saying spend hours and hours. Honestly speaking, a lot of things can be fixed by a simple Google search, even though Google's algorithm is getting worse and worse every day, it seems. And, you know, the things you need keep on ending up lower on, you know, the search. But you can fix things slowly, slowly, like the mic. I was not able to get it right until I spoke with a few people and they helped me. And then when I got on this to, this podcast, Ahmed actually did an episode where he spoke about a, po- a mic. And, you know, that really helped me out. <coughs> and improve the quality where I wasn't talking right into the mic. I can speak far away from it now and still get the same sort of, you know, the feel and the quality. And then, you know, my camera wasn't good. So people said buy external camera. I bought external camera. First one wasn't good. Bought another one. It wasn't good. Okay. Now the problem was with the camera. The first two, I think I I won. I bought the second one I got for free. And no, the first one I got for free. The second one I bought and I actually gave to somebody. And then this third one somebody bought for me as a gift is actually a very good camera. But recently I've been having the out of focus issues. So I bought the software to fix that because there was no actual fix for the cameras themselves. So you have to buy a software, which is very inexpensive. It's not expensive software or either, you know, if you're in a certain, in certain countries, you may not be able to purchase software. (coughs) There's other ways around it. That's a nice way of putting it. Yeah, there's there's other ways around. It. I'm not I'm not uh, advocating for piracy, but you know, if you just can't there's there's a lot of countries where they don't have access to an Apple Apple Store or something like that like oh, sorry, uh Apple Marketplace where they can pay using local, you know, methods. Oh, so really? Mm-hmm. So you can you can fix the camera and you don't need to spend a lot of money trying to fix it. Um ring lights are very inexpensive and they're an easy way to add light without buying a whole like lighting setup like a whole studio like you're trying to make it a football stadium so there's small small things you can do and not spend a lot of money <coughs> and get a a very high quality product um mm. for, for example let's say this room you sit in you 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 don't have a lot of money for example you're a person who's on the lower end of the socioeconomic scale you're really passionate about podcasting you do have the equipment you didn't spend a lot of money you found it cheaper on ebay now you sit in a room, you have a three-bedroom apartment, not three-bedroom, sorry, three-room apartment. One is a bedroom, one is a kitchen, one is a living room, and you have a bathroom, okay? It's not a toilet <laughs> sitting in the middle. So I don't, I don't think we count those as rooms when we're okay. doing room count. <laughs> okay, so you're sitting in the, the only place you can record. You're not going to record in the kitchen. You may record in your bedroom, but probably not. You're going to record in the living room. The color of the living room wall is not something pleasurable. You could uh, either buy buy like some sort of a, a banner very cheap you can go on bannerbuzz.com and order a banner for like twenty dollars put it behind you twenty dollars solution or either you could get a can of paint and paint a little piece of the wall behind you a desirable color maybe you paint it green to use it as a cheap green screen mm. a very inexpensive way to get a green screen <laughs> paint your wall green maybe it won't look so pretty but that's the way to do it. Or either you order yourself a banner that's green colored, very cheap way to do it. And uh, you have what you need without spending too much money. Ladies and gentlemen, this was your segment of Asad Bhai's Jugaad for Jugaard. Of the day. Jugaard of the night. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but no, no, definitely. I, I think there's, there's a lot of lessons for podcasters. Like you, you got to, 
number one is understand uh, what is causing the defects. And number two, get creative, right? Like figure out what you can do. Like creativity is about working with the constraints you have. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think another, another quote that I always say is like, it's not a quote, but it's just a, a reflection I had. Um, you know, I noticed that, you know, sometimes people will think, you know, I'm someone that likes to create things and I like to do different kind of things. I'm sure you are too. This is why you're doing a podcast. And so people will often label me as creative, but I don't feel like I'm a creative because I can't do it on demand. I can't just be like, okay, let's do this. They'll be like, hey, Chima, why don't you give us an idea for this? And I'm just like, dude, like, I don't, I don't have the context. Right. What and one thing I realized, box? yeah, like give me a quarter, it'll come up. Idea will come up. But one of the things that I realized is that true good ideas come from understanding what the problem is. You have to start there. That's where creativity starts, right? Like you have to understand what is the problem we're trying to solve. And then you come up with solutions. A lot of people don't even understand the problem. They're trying to create different solutions. You're not going to get very far. You might get lucky a couple of times, but in the long run, you're not going to do very well. And earlier on in this episode, I asked you a question and I said, well, I asked you two questions. I said, the first one is zero defect mentality. How do we get that? Second one is how do we create a culture of continuous improvement? And I think I've phrased that wrong. I think by creating a culture of a zero defect mentality and deep diving and finding out what the root cause is of the problems that you're having, you will create a culture of continuous improvement. Uh, That's all for today, folks. Thank you for listening. We will see you next time.